Welcome to the Buds in Baltimore podcast, and I'm so excited to have the owners of Off the Rocks Beer and Wine Shop. We have Ty and Gerald here on the podcast. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Hey, hey, Jess. No oh, thanks for having us, Jess. And unfortunately, um, we're still on Zoom. Um, I wish we were at a place in this climate where we could be safe enough to, you know, be around each other with no masks, but we're not quite there yet. So I appreciate you guys doing the Zoom thing. I know we're all sick of it. <laughs> Yeah, it's been, it's been a long time. Um, we're, we're, we're all ready for the thing, right? I know. Remember when we thought it was going to be like two weeks? <laughs> yeah, that term yeah. Two turned to a month, and that month turned to Almost three. Oh, my gosh. So I know. And you guys were just talking about virtual schooling with your kids, so you're, you're feeling it more than most people. Um, exactly, yep. <laughs> more time with the kiddos, but it's okay. We're yeah. working it out. Yeah. Well, and um, for those that don't know, Off the Rocks is in Highland Town. It's actually in Highland House building on the corner of what's that, Eastern and Conkling right there? Eastern no, and Clinton. Eastern and Clinton, that's right. Um, right near Snake Hill and Matthew's Pizza and the Creative Alliance. And it's, it's such a great little spot. But I, I sort of wanted to back up and, and have you guys tell your story from the beginning because I think it's really cool that you're both from East Baltimore and you sort of have that in your DNA and you weren't just people that kind of came in and set up shop that you've lived, lived in the city for a long time. So can you talk about your memories of Baltimore growing up and, and sort of how you felt about the city then versus now? So I grew up in Baltimore, um, East Baltimore specifically. We both went to Patterson High School. I bounced around a little bit, so I have a little more like exposure to most of the city. As a kid, I didn't have any like negative thoughts, but it wasn't like, oh, I want to be in Baltimore for the rest of my life. Um, and as, as an adult now, I kind of like see like, oh, this is, this is a pretty cool place to be. Like, you know, waterfronts. Um, and it's kind of what I didn't have appreciation for as a kid. Um, and it wasn't really put in my mind to have the appreciation. But, but yeah, now as an adult, I kind of see how great of a city it is. So. I think that's just being a kid. I felt the same way. Right. I was like, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to do whatever. Right. And then you grow mm-hmm. up and you're like, oh, I get why my parents, you know, raised us here and mm-hmm. um, stuck here. Gerald, is this a similar situation for you? I mean, I, you know, I, I love Baltimore. I think, um, I think Baltimore has grown as long, you know, I've grown with Baltimore, I feel like, right? So, yeah. you know, growing up in, I grew up a little bit north. Um, Todd grew up like, you know, in this area, she grew up like mm-hmm. in the Holland Town area. Majority like, of the, yes, Patterson Park area. I grew up a little bit north, um, uh, about 10 minutes away, like in the Sedonia, Sinclair uh, neighborhoods. Okay. Um, and, you know, we both met at Patterson. And then, you know, eventually we, we graduated from Coppin State. So with, with, with that being said, we've seen the change in Baltimore, right? The growth. And we're a part of that growth, right? So, you know, we invested in Baltimore. We bought our first home in Patterson Park, you know, our first business in Hollandtown because we wanted to be a part of that change and not just sit back and see everything happen. And, um, you know, we thought we could be a big help to it. And, and we are. And, and we're showing it right now. Yeah, your, your proof is in the pudding, right? Like you guys are putting yeah. in the work. And I just think, I think Patterson Park is the best. I, so I used to live on Baltimore and Linwood and then when we were going to buy our house, I said, I have to stay within like a block radius of the park because mm-hmm. I, I just love it so much. So now we're, I'm not going to tell everyone exactly where we live, but we're on the sort of the west, southwest side of the park. 
and it's just so beautiful. And I think mm -hmm. it's something that we can take for granted sometimes that we have this like beautiful piece of land and yeah, um, we kind of have the same idea. We want to stay um, within the park area um, to yeah. raise our kids, at least, you know, until they go off to college. Oh, I'm so. sure they love it. We'll be I, here. <laughs> one silver lining is I'm seeing so many families playing in the park, probably more than I you ever would normally, just because mm -hmm. parents are home, kids are home. And, no vacations, um, right? Yeah. So. Right. It's on the beach, but I guess it'll do. <laughs> um, but I love the story of how you guys reconnected um, in college. It's it's weirdly similar. My, my husband and I went to high school together and then reconnected in college. Like we didn't know each other in high school at all became friend. We were living in the same dorm in college, became friends, and then eventually now we're married. Um, I, I just think that's so kind of neat because then you have all the foundational stuff. You can talk about mm -hmm. all the weird high school mm -hmm. inside mm -hmm. stuff, um, but you kind of met at a place maybe where you were more mature or uh, sort of ready for that stage right. in your life. So how did that work? Like, how did you guys reconnect? Um, I, I can talk to us. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, at the high school, I, I went to college in Pennsylvania to play football. But we, me and Ty always kept in touch. We always talked through all the, the growth throughout college and the growth of just being, you know, from a child to an adult. So we all kept as being friends. We, you know, we, we stayed in touch. If I would come home, maybe we would hang out, you know. So we, we never lost- um, Connection. Made, yeah. They made connection, right? We always kept in touch. We always knew what each other were doing um, throughout our lives and then, you know, when it was time for me to uh, come back home, I finished up at Coppin State, and we, um, you know, we at that point we were already really connected. Right. I guess that's the advantage of you know coming home back to Baltimore is like okay, you connect with you know the people yeah. you um, used to have friendships with, and it's almost like uh, it's almost like being with an old friend, and it's mm -hmm. like we we grow we grew with each other, and almost mm -hmm. like became the best of friends almost, and that's kind of how we were able to like be business partners almost because it's like right. this is my best friend like i can tell you anything i feel comfortable with you oh that's nice um so oh, this is so sweet well and, guess, <laughs> and you know the best and the worst of each other already so it's right. like you don't mind being vulnerable in right. front of each other and and i think having mm -hmm. that base of friendship is so important i mean i i don't know i just think it makes for such a lovely mm -hmm. relationship so right we know each other's strengths and weakness so it's like yeah. It, we can do this together. It can work. We know when to back off. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. important too. Right. We we know that we can push each other to a point mm -hmm. where that person is like, all right, man, I need to. I need it's to enough. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know where the line is. I completely agree. And you know when to laugh too. That's important. Yeah. And so, Gerald, during college, you you worked um, at restaurants and. Oh what, yeah. What were some of those early jobs like? Like how how did did you know it was an industry you'd be passionate about, or how did you feel about it in the beginning? Yeah. So what's cool with me is that my so my my dad my mom family my mom and my mom family is from Baltimore, mostly West Baltimore. And they moved uh, east in the seventies, and then my dad is from East Cleveland. So my, my dad, mom, and parents and uncles. My dad's, they all, they all were in some type of entrepreneurship business. Oh, cool. So Aviva was bars, restaurants, little convenience stores, arcades. So it was always that, you know, yeah, I want to do that. You know, that's that kind of what I want to do, right? I kind of, you know, want to do it. And I want to take it to another level um, because those guys kind of paved the way, right? right. Of, of what I can, you know, what I can accomplish or, you know, put little seeds in my, you know, in my head that I can do that. So yeah, college, you know, you, you work in, and I started working in 
the little the college town bar. You know, I never really worked in like the the popular ones though, right? I never was like the this is the hot spot. I always until my my later year later years, but you know, beginning it was like the the small towny town bar, right? Yeah. The college kids didn't go to the bar. It was right? the people was that people actually that, lived there. A hundred percent, hundred percent. So that was that was very interesting um, times, because you know, even so, I, I spent uh, two semesters. Well, sorry, three semesters at Frostbury State. And um, that was one of my greatest experiences, I think, in bars. And also, you know, working for like Melba's, you know, East Baltimore, which is a long running uh, lounge yeah. in Baltimore. Legendary. Um, yeah, 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 100%. But I worked for the Fillinger Hotel for Julie Hall, who was, who was she was a very, very like prestigious family in Frostburg. And I learned a lot from her. So that kind of took me over to the board and said, hey, I can do this myself she gave me a lot of responsibility um early on working for her and um yeah basically gave me the keys and say hey close up shop when you're done oh, right awesome. um so it, it was it was interesting you know it, it was it was something that you know i had people coming in and saying man you're like the first good bartender we ever had here right it was you know so it's like um it was it was a, it was a growing us you know starting out from, you know, either doing like catering, working for catering companies or uh, doing like private parties, bartending, or anything, working for, you know, Volo, working for, uh, you know, liquor stores in the area, working for a draft sports bar in Western Maryland. I mean, you, you just work everywhere, right? I mean, yeah. if you're in the industry, you bounce around a little bit until you find, find a spot. And I think I found what I wanted to do. So I was good at it. Well, and you've seen it from all sides, so you could kind of figure out, like, which part of it you would like, and then you can kind of understand and see people's, you know, put yourself in people's shoes, no matter where you are in the industry. You're like, I remember, you know, being a bar back, or I remember working, being a cater waiter or whatever. And um, did you always know that, that, did you kind of flock towards craft beer at that point? Were you getting more into beer as you started working those gigs? Yeah, I think I think you start understanding more of craft beer. I was always feel like I was a wine guy though. Like I, I never was a beer guy. Even in college, when we would, you know, it's party time, right? Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't crushing beers. I wasn't yeah. just I wasn't always like the big beer guy. I was I was I was influenced by the the culture of beer. I think um, I like I like that. You know, a lot of most of the beer in the country is small production, local breweries, community-driven breweries. That's what I like about the beer, you know, people that get crafty. and So that's what I, I came to love for that. Um, but, you know, wine definitely has my heart, you know. Um, <laughs> we, we, we love that. We love learning and, you know, and um, I think that, um, yeah, I started out with beer, but, you know, wine is definitely where it's at. Wine's got your heart. Ty, I know wine yeah. has, has your heart too, right? Um, you, I love that you said you kind of fell in love with it sort of organically just visiting Maryland wineries. So what was, what are some of your favorite Maryland wineries and what in particular got you excited when you were visiting them and thinking like, oh, wine could really be a passion of mine? 40, it's one of my top um, 40 vineyards um, out of all of the, the vineyards we visit. I think 40 is like the one that stuck out to my head. I guess because it's like one of the first, really one of the first vineyards in Maryland. But um, I guess my idea was of actually, you know, becoming um, a store owner and everything um, stemmed from creativity. So in my mind, I'm like, I can be super creative. Um, 
uh, without wine club like the rocks box i created content for that so that's kind of like where like okay i can i can do this um but i just recreational drink wine honestly <laughs> that's kind of how it started like you say i Same. was a fan a fan of wine it's like okay um we can work this out so yeah yeah no and i think i mean and being able to flex that creatively is really cool too because it is a creative mm -hmm. industry um you know obviously there's a business aspect to it too but if you can kind of flex both sides of your brain like that's that's mm -hmm. the best that's what make it fun for me just come up with cool ideas and just kind of being really i guess uh like trying new things like off the wall stuff you know like greek wine wine from lebanon like really cool stuff i think that's the reason that's my love for it it's like it's so many different kind of wines there's so many grapes it's like beyond it's like it keeps going you know your knowledge and you can learn to just keep going you know wine is i like bottomless like seriously you can because just because it's the same grape in the same region doesn't mean it had the same weather that it had exactly it's like and it's so different different places yeah. the taste it gets I really it. like mm -hmm. it's crazy so a lot of us you know love beer and love wine but haven't necessarily opened a shop um and started a business about it so what kind of motivated you guys to like put pen to paper we're really going to do this um what you know what was the impetus what was the idea i think um like i said just working working in the industry you know that's what anything if you find something that you, you you love to do and you you know you're good at you're confident we were like man i can i can do this myself right right so once you figure out the business part once you figure out how to you know execute and we're like, all right, we should do this. And originally, so we always want to do it in Southeast Baltimore, but originally we wanted to do it north of the park, mm -hmm. right? As the idea, like, man, we can do it like on Baltimore Street, we can do it on Fairmont, mm -hmm. right? And um, it was it's very tough because of uh, you know stuff that the you know, legislation has passed, far as zoning, made right. it very tough to do things north of the park, which is terrible, right? But it brought us to Eastern Avenue. Right, so it, yeah. you know, and, and we love that, and we love Hollandtown. We love the community. Once, once we figure out how we can execute, it was a no-brainer. And it was right? too. This is what I wanted to do. Oh yeah, keep going, Ty. And it's, there's nothing like our shop on Eastern Avenue or in Hollandtown. So we're like, this is a cool spot. And like you said, right? He said originally we wanted to do north of the park because there's nothing north of the park. Um, you go down in Canton um, or, you know, the Boston Street, you'll find other stores with, you know, awesome selections or cool selections. Um, and we wanted to bring that towards this side of town. But even better. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Got that marketing cap on. I love it. <laughs> um, and was the decision to be just a beer and wine shop a conscious one? Or was that a zoning thing? Or was that what you wanted to do the whole time? Baltimore uh, doesn't give out new liquor license for stores, right? They, they put a little like short history on it. Hopkins came out with a study in 2017 and said liquor is a direct correlation to violence in Baltimore City. Mm -hmm. The liquor board got a part of that and said, okay, well, let's get rid of liquor stores, right? And in certain neighborhoods, let's get rid of liquor stores and let's clean the stuff up. And um, you, you have to be in a business district. You have to, you know, so on and so on. So it makes it tough for you to, to find liquor licenses, right? It's, you know, it's, it's, the, it's, it's tough. So we, we, we searched around, searched around. They like, man, can we find anything in this area? 
It took us a year. It took us about two years, right, Todd? And we found something and was beer and wine and we took it it and made it awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it it was. So we we, we bought the old Jimmy's, the historic Jimmy's restaurant in Fells Point. Yeah. We bought their license from them. Oh my gosh. Right? That's why Um, I move it to another historic. Another historic place was the housing, the Holland. Well, you know, um, Hausner restaurant. Used to be Hausner's. Yeah, you guys yeah. are on the the Hausner soil. Yep. I mean, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty so epic. One, one one historic site to another historic site. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. But 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 I like the idea of keeping it in the same family. Like you're keeping it in that hospitality family and not mm-hmm. you know and keeping it entrepreneurial and keeping it small business. So I think yep. that's yeah. super cool. Um, so you guys been open? Is it two years now? A little two over two years. years. Little, you just celebrated your anniversary, right? I saw yep. that. Yeah. So how has it been just you guys running a business as a couple? We talked about that, but also like how, what is sort of your goal and your mission, would you say? And how has that been fulfilled? Like, do you want to change the perception of wine and beer, change the audience, change the neighborhood? Like, what are you guys trying? What is sort of your, your motivation day to day? I think, so, you know, the motivation is to first, first off, just do what you love. Right. And then also, I mean, the changing the culture of wine, I mean, it's our it's already done, right? Wine is getting younger, beer is getting younger, right? It's getting more craftier. You know, you can you can even call wine craft wine now, right? Cats are <laughs> not just doing one uh wine a year, they're doing two, three, four, they're figuring this thing out, right? Um, so just you know, being a part of the change of what wine looks like, you know, what beer looks like, what retail looks like, right? I think um, a big thing for us is to, we always joke, we're like, man, we, we want to have the Chick-fil-A of customer service in the retail industry. Yes, right? yes. You know, um, so that that's big. And then community, right? Mm-hmm. Having that community shop. I mean, it's been done. People have done community shops before, but I think that we have the chance to take it to a next level as far as, you know, not just the Southeast Baltimore, not just the Hollandtown community, but the Baltimore community and having this being, you know, the Baltimore shop. You know, I love this shop. I love the people that were there. I feel comfortable there, you know, um, and that's that's the goal, big time. And like, and having maybe customers come in and you know them, you know what they like. Oh, you know, yeah. It's yes, like yes, an, yes. A neighborhood place. Um, and I we think- We call it the cheers effect. The cheers, cheers, I was just gonna right? say cheers. I was just gonna yeah. say that. Um, Everybody knows your name. Yeah. 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 And what, besides that, what do you guys think sort of differentiates you from your average uh, bottle shop in, in Baltimore? Is it sort of the events you put on the vibe you create the inventory? Like what are some things that you feel like really set you, set you apart? Well, customer service and inventory. Mm -hmm. Um, We pride ourselves on, you know, going to look for smaller production items, supporting local you know, good quality stuff and try to find decent value wine. Also, we don't want to like, you know, hit you over the head with the prices, but you know, we understand that you, you know, you may want to drink a $15 bottle of wine and we're going to go find the best $15 bottle of wine that you, you know, you'll come back for and even open you up to new options. You know, we try to rotate, try to rotate our items often to um, introduce new stuff. Um, Cause it's also like, we feel like we're a teaching bottle shop too. If you don't know, we're not gonna we're not gonna judge you. We're here to, to to help you. We're here to guide you, find the bottle to pair with your dinner for the night, or you know, um, answer any questions you have. Um, so that's I think that's like the 
big difference between any other shop. Like every person that comes in the store, we're going to greet you. We're going to say hello. And if we can't get to you, once you get to the register, we're going to make sure, you know, that you found what you exactly you're looking for. And yeah, we're going to hold your hand through the process. It's kind of like almost building relationships with your customers and creating almost like a, what would you say, a, a friendship. I mean, we know most of the yeah. customers that come in the store by name. Um, and then we also understand most of our customer palette. And also vibe as well. Vibe. The vibe is different. Uh, let's just be real. The vibe in Off the Rocks is different than any place you will go. I think, um, and I shop everywhere. I love everybody, what everybody's doing. Everybody's doing something different. But when you come to Off the Rocks, the vibe is different, right? It's a cool vibe. You want to be there. You look forward, you know, and that's, that's what we take pride in. And also natural wine. I think that two years ago when we started the shop, we pushed natural wine. No one else was pushing natural wine. Not two years right. ago in Baltimore. No. So, right. <laughs> so when we started the shop and we wanted, you know, most of our inventory to be natural, small production, low dimension wine, that was a big thing. I mean, you had to go to D.C., you had to go to New York, if you Philly maybe, to get some natural wine. I think in Baltimore City, we were the first shop to push natural wine. For sure. And I think there have been places that have opened up since that have had that, but I like oh, I think yeah, yeah. Two, two years ago, you're right. That was the beginning. Well, I think it's so cool. You guys are talking about vibe and, and friendship and customer service. I was in the shop yesterday, ended up running into Abby, who's a mm -hmm. friend of mine. It's just like those moments I'm sure you see all the time that, that the small to more effect. Mm -hmm. um, and you can't get yep. that at a big box liquor store, um, for example. Yes. You know what the coolest thing is? Is that when you see customers come in, that's neighbors. And they're like, oh, don't you live next door to me? They never talked to each other before <laughs> they came off the rocks, right? It's like, it's leave, it, neighbor, leave it right? to uh, booze to bring people together. They're like, oh, I've been living, right. yep. oh, yeah. living next to you for five years and now we're in the same wine shop. Um, right, right. No, I think that's so cool. And I have to ask about the name. Where did you guys get come up with the name? Yeah. So it's two parts. I'll tell the first part, Ty, and then you can tell the second part, because I think that's how it goes, okay. right? So the yeah. first part, Rocks, R-O-X, is my, grand, my dad's father's last name, their family last name, R-O-X. Melvin Rocks, who passed away uh, just over a little bit of a year ago. So he, he got to see the shop open up. He understands the shop that was there and who, why we opened the shop. Um, you know, cool and kind of build that. His name but then on the, the sign and stuff. That must it's phenomenal. Been. And then the second part, Ty, I'll tell you, obviously. So, yeah, the rocks. Um, so we're a beer and wine store, uh, which you, which we already talked about. Um, so no spirits, just beer and wine. You don't put beer on ice. And most of the time, you don't put it, you know, pour your ice on, um, pour your wine on ice. I mean, you can do that if you want. Unless you know, it's, it's really hot outside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But um, that's where the rocks came from. So it's off the rocks. You're not, you know, you're not using any rocks when you come into our shop. We don't have, you know, uh, spirits. So um, off the rocks. Oh, that's awesome. Get it? That, no, I totally get it. It's funny because my instinct kept wanting me to say on the rocks because that's obviously the saying. Yeah. But it makes it way more unique. Um, mm -hmm. That's so cool. Okay. I get it now. I get it now. <laughs> And Ty, it's so interesting to me that you have um, a background in, in health management and, and you started working in pharmacies. That was sort of your retail experience. So you must have just an, in, such an interesting perspective when it comes to the pandemic. When the news, the news like started coming out about it, did you realize how serious it was at first just with your background in, in health? 
Yeah, I, I I freaked out. I'm like, uh, what should we do? Should we, you know, should we close down? I mean, we have to go home to our children. And, you know, our children sometimes are around like our, our parents. So it kind of freaked me out. But um, I mean, we figured it out and we managed. We we um, searched for, you know, opportunities to keep our business flowing, like curbside pickup um, to minimize the people that's in the store. So I kind of like, you know, Gerald, we need to do this. Like, it is serious um, and we need to, you know, keep it going and try to figure out how to keep ourselves safe and the community safe. So yeah, it was, it was, it was scary. <laughs> yeah. Still but, can uh, be some days. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Um, I mean, I wasn't, you know, I'm, I'm not in the industry anymore, so I don't see it, but I definitely understood. So I was all for taking every, you know, all the precautions to keep ourselves safe and keep others safe. So um, gratefully, you know, we worked our way through it and, uh, you know, we figured it out. So no, that's great. And and I think it's it's great for people like you who, who did take it seriously from the beginning and realize it was more than just a flu or whatever people exactly. were saying. So, so you mentioned the curbside pickup. What other ways have, have you guys kind of been nimble and, and adapted during this time? And you think has, I mean, obviously it's, it's been, it was really great that liquor stores were able to stay open and were an essential business. I think I think that was right on target because I think a lot of people would have gone nuts otherwise and a lot more businesses would have closed otherwise. So so you guys were able to stay open, but what other things were you able to do to sort of pivot and, and keep bringing your customers in safely? Delivery and offer, you know, other people job opportunities. So, you know, now that we have delivery, we can use some extra help. So, you know, a lot of folks were out of work using their jobs and here we have these opportunities. So we were able to bring in extra folks and, um, you know, offer job opportunities, you know, when it, and when it wasn't necessarily those opportunities out there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? When um, people were so, losing their jobs. Right. People were losing their jobs. You know, we, we needed help. <laughs> yeah. And, and what is your delivery scale? Like, where do you guys, what's your kind of radius? So right now we do a, a few zip codes, uh, but starting this week, we open up larger to the city. So the goal mm-hmm. is to deliver to the entire city. The goal is by November 1st, we'll open up to the entire city. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And curbside is still going on. Um, yeah, we just, you know, figured it out. And again, we're, we're two years in this, and we're, this is probably the fastest you had to adjust to. Yes. Anything. It's crazy. I feel like 2020 should count for like five years of having a business. You know, you should be mm-hmm. like, okay, we were a year in, and now we're seven years in. Mm-hmm. It definitely feels like longer than two years. Yeah. Well, and you guys have outside seating too, which might uh, people might not realize, which I think is so cool because that's obviously a safe way to come and hang out. Absolutely. Especially with the local local restaurants like Matthew Pizza, they don't really have that opportunity to have you know, outdoor seating. So we we offered, you know, folks to go out and purchase from the local restaurants, come grab a seat off the rocks and, you know, drink, grab a beer or something like that. So Cause it's not, it's not much outdoor seating on Eastern Avenue. Like, the main street Eastern Avenue. So having, you know, that, um, again, everything's driven by the community, right? So we feel like, hey, you can sit outside, you can purchase anything out the store. We don't charge your corporate fee. You can hang out, you can have some really cool limited stuff, uh, beer, wine, and this, you know, we all the time we see, uh, you know, maybe a couple goes out there or a couple and their friends hang out there. And it's just building community. People, when, when more people outside, 
when more lights and more businesses are open, more people walk the street. Right. It's a ripple effect. Yeah. The yeah. end of the day, right? So I think, you know, at night, you know, when people are hanging out, they're off the rocks at seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night, and people are walking home, they feel a little safer when they're walking past off the rocks and say, oh, they're still open. People are outside. People are a little more comfortable. It was a time that people didn't walk down East Avenue. Mm-mm. Literally, if you if you live in the three or four block radius, you didn't walk the Eastern Avenue. It wasn't right? that long ago either. Not 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 long ago at all. But the emergence of like you know Snake Hill, you know, all, you know Annabelle's been here. But that's and then Matthews. But those businesses are behind Eastern Avenue. Right. Mm-hmm. Except, Crave Alliance. Matthews. And you have Crave Alliance, which is phenomenal, right? But again, people usually just drove to those places for the most part. I feel like right. Mm-hmm. So I think having more businesses opening, it just makes it that, that much better. Yeah, and Highland, more of a Main Street feel. Exactly. Yeah. I was just going to say, Highland Town's such a cool neighborhood and community. I, I did a story about it once, and I think it's because of the, the mom and pop businesses like yours, and it's because of the neighborhood association and the community association, and it's it's such a, and, and they want more people to have a seat at the table rather than less. And I think that that's like mm-hmm. a huge, a huge thing too. Um, and so you guys bringing that outside seating to Eastern Avenue, it really makes a big difference because it's so much about your surroundings and your ap- and appearances. And even just like seeing a beautiful outside table or a window display or some flowers outside on a stoop, like it makes a huge difference and you wouldn't think so, but it's, it has a ripple effect. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can you talk about kind of how you guys choose your inventory um, and who you partner with. Like, I know we were talking a little bit before we started recording about there's big supply chain issues going on right now in in sort of the big conglomerate breweries um, with can shortages and stuff like that. But because you guys work with a lot of small producers, that kind of stuff is easier to tackle, right? So so talk about why you choose to work with the people you do, how you make those decisions and and what you have in the shop. So I, I I think it's part of what we like Right, what we actually like to drink um, ourselves, um, just a variety of styles. But I, I've seen, I, like I said, I work for a lot of people, a lot of different businesses, small and large. And a lot of times, the distributors control these stores. You know, half the time, people don't know what's in their store, they've been forced to buy things. And that was one goal that I had for myself. I said, hey, I'm going to buy what I want, when I want, how I want, deal with who I want. And that just build better relationships with importers, distributors, um, reps. I mean, they, they have to respect that. You know, again, we just, we're chasing quality, not trying to make the, the largest margins, not try to, we're just chasing, hey, we think that this California cab is awesome. We think that this wine from West Maryland, Western Maryland was Old Westminster. I think some of the best wine around oh, is yeah. awesome. You know, we think um, that little breweries, uh, you know, like, Miami City and Monta are awesome, right? Um, and we're going to deal with who we want to deal with, right? And who and, and, and it's also exposure. We we chase exposure. We chase the um, who's out there, you know? Who haven't we seen out there? Let's let's bring those guys. Let's 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 try these wines or beers out. Um, so truly, it's just what we like because what we like we can talk about, and what we talk about it makes the customer a little bit more prone to say, okay, I, I trust. This his judgment because I know that Gerald, Ty, and any other you know coworkers they have it off the rocks tried this stuff and they like it. Yeah, and then you're yeah. not faking it when you're talking about stuff. Oh man, that's the that's the worst thing ever is 
is like, dog, yeah. you're lying to me. And then I go home and it's totally opposite what you told me it was. And it only helps that our community is pretty open-minded. So they, they are open to try new things. They're open to uh, try natural wine, become a fan of it. So that only helps. Yeah, I thought that could kind of take us into this next segment and then we can talk about sort of future plans. And I want you guys to be able to plug anything you have coming up and talk about the, the box club as well. But I wanted to just right now, what are you seeing as sort of your best sellers? Like what are people really into right now? What do you, what are people coming in asking for again and again? Um, Sours. Pumpkin. Oh, sours. Pumpkin. I was pumpkin beer. Easy IPAs. <laughs> so pumpkin beers are not going away. They're still. No. <laughs> yeah, pumpkin beer is hot. I think I think you see more local local breweries start to do it as well. It is good. It's good for the season. I mean, it's good yeah. for the season. That I, I think that's the great thing about beer compared to like wine, right? Um, these breweries are, are cranking out beers every couple of weeks, or every every week, every week some of them are, right? Yeah. So they can change the season. They can they can have mm-hmm. a, a pumpkin beer for the fall. They can have a Christmas spiced ale for the for the winter, and then they can go into the you know the, the summer ales and the spring uh, sours or whatever it is, right? Yeah. What um, pumpkin yeah. beer are you guys selling right now? Which one do you like? I should ask. I think my favorite one was O'Fallon from Missouri, and I like I haven't tried everybody, but for the first time trying, oh, they had a variety pack, which was like a a pumpkin cream ale, they had like a whip ale, they had a spice uh, mole um, stout. Oh, wow. had, it is it, a four pack and it was, I was like, this is very interesting. I think more people should do the variety packs next year um, with different flavor profiles in the pumpkin. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, cause sometimes with those beers, you can really only have one cause they're so yeah. intense. So to be able to kind of like jump around would be nice. Um, mm-hmm. Ty, Ty, you were saying sours are big. What what are you seeing people buying in, in sour variety? Yeah, sours, like the low ABV beers, you know, the sessions. Um, dogfish is pretty cool. The Slightly Mighty. I know Peabody Heights recently released a sour that I really liked. Um, Might have been a mango. I'm not sure. I don't know the name, but. Peabody Heights is definitely one of my favorite breweries, so I like anything that they release. Yeah, they're <laughs> they clever, a, too. A mango hazy IPA, which was fire. So, yeah, sours and definitely hazy IPAs. Hazies are not um, going away, too. I kind of no. that trend was going to be short-lived, but it's still... <laughs> you talk to any brewer, and they're like, yeah, we have to make a hazy because... It's fun. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> it's what flies off the shelves. It's just, it's incredible. Has there been a, a big surprise for you guys? Something that you didn't think was going to sell and has been selling a lot lately, either beer or wine? I think natural wine. I think that we took that chance, right? We took that chance two years ago and we said, hey, we're going to focus on natural wine, uh, long intervention wine. You know, people are, you know, the, I think the average customer are used to the big brand names that you see in big box stores and us coming with long intervention natural funky wine. I was gonna right? say with the funk. That's that's yeah. the thing. <laughs> I, I think that um people have adjusted their palates willingly because it, it, it's more out there, right? I just don't want to drink Josh and Kendall Jackson and Barefoot and chemical you know, over and over. You know, you want you want better wine. You don't want to drink the chemicals and the extra sulfites they add to it. So I think people are more open to it because of the idea of it. So and it's a better or more absent hangover. Like I definitely <laughs> exactly yeah. when I drink wine with sulfites and stuff versus natural wine, I feel a little bit better in the morning. So 
if you can't, you know, promote it that way, I don't know how, how else you can. Is, is, there, mm -hmm. is there a natural wine in the shop or a producer that, that you guys are just loving right now and that people are really loving? I'm gonna I, West I go with Old West. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think Old West, they look they they're they're friends of ours, they, they do a great job. And you know, I think that again, what they're doing in Maryland is showing that Maryland can grow great grapes, they can produce great wine, and we're not just a sweet wine state. I think um everybody's seeing that and I think they're in the you know you know the front runners for that. And then everybody else is stepping their game up, right? Um, it's it's know. true. They they started the canned wine thing, and then everyone else was like, "All right, we're gonna do it too." Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, no, they're great and and great people, like you said too, because it comes down to that. As much as I, I I heard you guys saying you're chasing quality, but you also chase relationships. And if you find someone that you want to work with again and again, it makes it easier, right? Oh, 100%. and then personal favorites. So I know this is probably like asking me to choose your favorite kid, um, which I won't have you do. <laughs> but do you have right now in the shop, is there something that you guys take home at night that you really like drinking? Mm. I like Lafitte Rosé. I, I think I, I don't drink a lot of wine twice, three times over. But Lafitte Rosé um, by Danae Bertson, I drink that this summer more than anything. Yeah. It's a really awesome rosé. Danae's from West Baltimore. Um, who makes a wine out of Provence, France. I think that's a really awesome product. I like that a lot. And beer-wise, I, I think, I just I drink everybody. I like uh, Patuxent Nail. I like, um, you know, obviously Monument and Mobtown. You know, everybody's local. I think everybody's local in Baltimore and the surrounding, I think everybody's doing a good job. Everybody. Um, yeah, We've got, we're so lucky, especially, yeah. I mean, even right in your neighborhood to have monument and mob town and i know you don't sell spirits but having old line right there i mean it's it's kind of a cool thing um mm -hmm. i it was cool yesterday i was able to buy the seeds and skins kind of the fancy fancier orange wine um from old westminster and then just regular beer from duplaw which is about as it's literally called regular beer so i love yeah. it you can yeah. do the whole gamut in the shop um and Ty, what about you? I know you mentioned that Peabody Heights beer, but is there something else that you're really loving right now? Um, yes. So it's not beer or wine. I uh, take home Black Acres Roastery Coffee home a lot. I have three kids and I run a business, so <laughs> I need to pump up, <laughs> pump myself up with coffee sometimes. Actually, what she's so, drinking right now. Literally, I take this Black Acres cold brew home like three times a night. Oh my God. Is that strong? When I drink cold brew, I'm like an insane person. So the must Yes, <laughs> it helps. It's good to know though. You guys um, sell coffee and- Yep. And, you and it's local too. Black Acres Roastery, they'll be opening up a, a, leave a coffee shop in a few months across the street from us. So- That's right. Um, That's exciting. good stuff. Yep. Another reason to come to Southeast Baltimore. Um, exactly. Coffee. Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and talk about what you guys offer. Cause you have, you know, beer on draft that you can get in crowlers or growlers. Um, you got this box club, like tell people what they can expect if they, if they come to off the rocks. Uh, we have draft beer, draft wine. We, we have the rocks box, which is an mm -hmm. output on natural wine every month for people to yep. try at a good rate. Um, we just uh, started in November. We're going to have the Rocks Big Box where you can get 12 bottles of wine for $100, um, which will be great quality wines for that price point. Oh, that'll be um, so good for the winter when you're stocking. Yeah. Up. Absolutely. Yeah. Artisanal you snacks. You subscribe to both 
to both um, wine clubs. So you don't have to commit, but you also can subscribe so you can have your box um, pre-ordered um, on our website. So in delivery, something fun to look out for. Yep. So are you, you guys are still doing the, the curbside pickup, obviously delivery is expanding. Mm -hmm. And people yes. can just come into the shop and with a mask, obviously, and, and chat with you guys. And it's it's parking spots outside as well. We have I parked uh, right outside. Yeah, parking yep. out, yep. parking <laughs> outside. You can pull yep. right up. I believe it's equivalent of three parking spaces. Um, but it's mm -hmm. always parking out front. Oh yeah, I pulled right up yesterday and um no, it's such a great addition to, to Highland Town, to Baltimore. I'm so glad you guys are surviving and thriving in this year that's been so tough on everybody and um you know if we could all just sort of run like like your wine shop runs if the whole country could be <laughs> run like that i think it'd be a, a better place um i just i so much appreciate you guys and your time and yeah how can people find out more what go on the website go on your instagram what's the best way so instagram is pretty fun we update our new arrivals like three days out of a week um we post all the time uh, updates on instagram and facebook uh, we do have an app so our app will send you notifications when we um, offer promotions um which is like three times out of the month so the app is pretty cool to have so you you know get the notifications yeah awesome. but instagram we we have fun with instagram so you can dm us questions or whatever cases i answer right away or just give us a call come in the shop yeah everybody go follow off is it off the rocks wine time no just off the rocks off the rocks and that's rox right yep rox yeah i think it's a really tie runs to instagram it's a really awesome instagram uh great pictures great uh updates and I think, yeah, great content for Off the Rocks. I think um, everybody should follow that. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys again so much for, for being on the show and taking the time out. I know you're both busy with, with three young kids. So I really, and, and a wine shop. So I appreciate you guys and just everybody, if you haven't gone and visited, um, give them some love. Yeah, thanks, Jess. Jess, thank you.